Welcome to the Designer Practice Podcast. I'm your host, Kayla Das, and I am a Canadian social worker, business coach, and private practice owner. I love all things systems, strategies, and step-by-step processes, helping therapists and coaches design a private practice that doesn't only provide practice profitability, but also the time freedom that they had initially set out to achieve. In this podcast, we'll discuss everything from private practice startup to passive income to building automated systems so that you spend less time inside of your practice and more time outside of it doing the things that you love. Let's dive in. Welcome back to the Designer Practice Podcast, and I'm your host, Kayla Das. Have you ever considered starting a podcast to support your private practice growth? Well, you're in for a treat. In today's episode, I'm sitting down with Rosemarie Callender, podcast launch strategist, to discuss the power of podcasting and how it can make a bigger impact while increasing your private practice profit. Hi, Rosemarie. Welcome to the show. I'm so glad to have you here today. Oh, hi, Kayla. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you so much for the opportunity. So before we dive in, please tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and tell us a little bit about what you do and who you work with. Of course. So my name is Rosemary. I'm a podcast launch strategist, originally from the lovely island Barbados in the Caribbean, but now living in the UK. Maybe you can pick it up from my accent. And I am based in Essex, near very, very near London, so centre of um, the UK. And I work primarily with female business coaches and private practice therapists to help them to launch a podcast that supports them in their business. So it's a very strategic process. We are looking to launch a podcast that will help them to reach their business goals. So it's not just putting something out there because you fancy talking about a certain topic. We really want to get strategic and for your podcast to become I like to say marketing and sales assistant. So that's a little bit about me. Amazing. So when it comes to podcasting, because I heard you say that you work with coaches and therapists, which is, of course, who's listening to this podcast today. So that's perfect. So why should therapists and coaches even consider adding a podcast to their private practice? Oh, where do I start? There's so many reasons. But for me and the clients that I've worked with, the main reasons are around. So my clients tend to be very successful in their marketing efforts. So they are able to convert clients on their social media platform of choice. And they come to me when they're ready for more. They want more visibility so that they can make a greater impact. And a podcast, there's so many different marketing channels, right? But a podcast, I feel is the creme de la creme. Like it's your social media, it's your Pinterest, it's your email list, it's all the marketing channels into one. And for the clients that I work with, a podcast is really great at extending their reach. So beyond social media, which I think is a a place, especially Instagram, that a lot of us business owners tend to focus on. It really helps us to establish authority and trust so much quicker. If any of your listeners listen to podcasts themselves, I'm sure you're nodding, Kayla. 
I've certainly hired coaches or hired service providers off the back of their podcast because I feel like I get to know them by listening to a 15, 20 minute episode. And then, of course, there's the bingeability factor that you just don't get from other marketing channels, helps you to build a personal connection with your audience. And my absolute fave streamlines your marketing, your lead gen, and your content creation. That's my, oh, that's where I get really, really lit up because I know from a personal point of view, I've struggled with marketing. I'm coming up nearly three Oh, actually three years last week in my business. And marketing is always something that, oh, (laughs) it just takes so much time. But you do need it because if you don't get in front of your ideal audience, no one's going to know you and how are you going to book clients and how are you going to make the impact? And so as part of marketing comes content and legion. And so it's this kind of triangular trifecta effect that I feel like podcasting can really support therapists and coaches to really take their business or their practice to the next level. I agree with you 100%. And first of all, I want to congratulate you on your three years in business. So that's fabulous. Yeah, like when it comes to podcasting, I started this podcast March of last year. So I'm Mm. almost a year, nine, 10 months. And with that, I have seen a significant increase in just people reaching out to me for my support, even people sending me emails saying, I love your podcast, all of these types of things. And of course, I don't always know if all of my listeners turn into paying clients. I want people to listen and enjoy and feel connected and get the resources that they want. But with that, I have been seeing an increase. So I have been seeing an increase in my clientele. And when it comes to therapists and coaches as well, you'll see that as well. And one thing that I noticed that some therapists and coaches don't realize is that podcasting is free. There are a lot of free resources out there to host. Now I use Kajabi and I do pay for Kajabi. That's where I host my podcasts. But there are uh, systems and hosts that you can use that are free And not a lot of people know that when you're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, all of the different uh, platforms, they don't charge you to be on it. So sometimes people think, oh, she's on Apple Podcasts. She must be paying a subscription or something like that to be on there. No, it's absolutely free. So I think that that's um, a barrier I really wanted to, to bring forward so that people know that it really is quite cost effective way to start creating content and getting clients into your practice. Yeah. And creating content that doesn't die. (laughs) Like I do believe social media plays a part, but my personal journey, because I've listened to all the social media gurus is that social media, you have to market your business. You have to market your private practice on social media. But for some of us, that just doesn't feel good. It's it's draining, it's exhausting. And further to the point, your content expires 24 hours. Maybe you'll get a reel that takes off four weeks later. But guess what? My own podcast is just over two years old and people are listening to those episodes I put out two years ago, there is no way that someone is going to be scrolling through my Instagram feed, trying to find a post from 2021. So I love that you've said that because that for me, it's all about how can we work smarter, not harder? How can we 
create a business that supports the lifestyle we want to live as opposed to the other way around? What marketing channels really support our strengths? If you love social media, go at it. But if you're a bit like me, you prefer talking, then really consider podcasting. Like a 20, 25 minute episode can get you so much farther than 300, 400 word caption and graphic on Instagram. So I'm glad that you brought that up. Something else I want to highlight before we move on as well is that when we think of podcasting, we're actually reaching people in different modes and different avenues that might not necessarily get on either social media or even blogging. I love blogging and I actually started Mm -hmm. blogging before I started podcasting and I will always value blogging and it also very similar to podcasting helped me grow my business. But in saying that, the people who read my blogs are not always the same people who are going to listen to my podcast. And it's because there's so much out there that people can see. um, But often people are like in a busy world, right? They're looking for something that they can listen to while they're going for a walk, while they're driving in their car while they're just doing chores around the house. It's a lot easier to take in audio content because we can do other things while we're doing it. And that creates that connection with people. People hear your voice. They see what you have to say. They almost position you as an expert, even though you might not necessarily feel like an expert because I don't always feel like an expert. But it helps people feel connected to you and you become front of mind because now not only are they reading your content, They are actually hearing your voice. Hey, are you thinking about selling a digital course, a paid membership, or maybe even start your own podcast? Then you'll love the all-in-one program that I use, Kajabi. Before joining Kajabi, I spent hundreds of dollars on different programs to automize my passive income. I had dozens of websites bookmarked in my internet browser just to stay organized and I still felt I was wasting so much time with manual work. But now with Kajabi, I save time and money so that I can continue to share my content easily. Actually, Kajabi made it so easy for me to start my podcast that it only took me 45 minutes to start, list, and launch the Designer Practice Podcast. If you're ready to receive your free 30-day trial of Kajabi, check out kayladas.com forward slash Kajabi. That's kayladas.com forward slash K-A-J-A-B-I. Now back to the show. Yes, it's such a powerful tool. And if I could tell every woman (laughs) on earth about this tool, there's so many benefits, some of which we've both talked about, but What I'm really passionate about is using this platform for us as women to share our voice. This might be a whole separate episode, so I won't go too deep into society and women and how we're treated, but that's why I do what I do. Podcasting allows us to leverage our voice, to make a greater impact, to really leverage our influence and grow our income. I know we'll come on probably later on about some of the myths or misconceptions, but there is this big thing in the online space around, oh, can I really make money podcasting? And you absolutely can from your own services, if that's what you choose to do. So yeah, oh, just love it. Just love it. 
And you actually brought me into the next question. So outside of the marketing potential that podcasting has for private practices, how else can therapists and coaches see an increase in their income through podcasting initiatives? Yes. So there's lots of different ways you can monetize a podcast. But I personally believe that if you have a business and you're offering your own services as coaches, you'll offer one-to-one or group programs or masterminds. And then of course, private practice therapists, it could be a course or it could be your one-to-one as well. So why not start there? I think a lot of people believe that they need to get a sponsor. And sponsors are great. I've got a client who's on her third sponsor and we're 18 months in, but she started by monetizing her And she's a business coach and a mental health therapist. So that's where I start. Let's start by increasing your income directly by selling. I'm using the fingers because I know selling could be a bit uncomfortable for some, but you can position your podcast to convert your listeners directly into your program. So that's the approach that I come from. But as I mentioned, there's sponsorships. You talked briefly about Apple podcast subscriptions. And yes, when you launch your podcast is free to be listened to, there's no charge to your listeners. But if you wanted to make some money from it, yes, Apple podcast has a subscriptions model. You can do buy me a coffee. Like there's so many different ways to monetize. But as someone who owns a business and a a private practice, it's easier because you're the expert you know your stuff. You're just showing up to a mic and sharing your knowledge. And again, with the fingers and the selling, but you are given this value. You're showcasing how you can support your listeners and you're making an invitation for them to get that additional support by working with you in your programs. So that's how I believe your audience can increase their income through podcasting. I love that. And something that came up to mind is that often therapists and coaches also have an email list and they might have a freebie or some sort of free resource that they want to share with the world so that they can get people on their email list, which eventually will become clients or hopefully will become clients for them. And even we think of these advertisements, you can create an advertisement for yourself and share your free lead magnet in addition to say your program or your services or whatever it is. But these are other ways that you can tap into getting people into your world. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can grow your email list from your podcast by, as you mentioned, creating an internal ad. You can use internal ads for anything, your freebie, your free challenge. I have a client at the moment who we are in the waitlist period for her mastermind. So that's the beauty of podcasting. But if I may, because this is something that I'm really like hung up on, the beauty and the power of podcasting is we talked about this sort of trifecta effect. And I'm of the opinion, I'm of the belief, I've experienced it myself, my clients have as well. Your podcast can attract, nurture and convert. So none of my clients have really used their podcast to send people to an email list. It's all happening on the podcast. And that's not to say that we don't include links in show notes because why not? (laughs) But your podcast really has that power. 
And not many podcast pros may agree with me, but I feel as though when you send someone to your email list from your podcast, you're almost breaking that chain. And I've had a couple of clients say this to me before where they found my podcast. So that's their trap. They have binged multiple episodes in one sitting, as you mentioned before, when they're going to the gym or sorting the kids out, the dinner, the, the dishwashing, whatever it might be. And they've binged some episodes and they're ready to sign up with me for whatever program. And the same for my clients. Now, if I'd sent them to my email list, I just feel like that breaks the chain. So we've got the attract, the nurture, the convert. So if at some point between attract and convert, they went to my email list, would that be the same impact? That's not to say that you can't, because selling in your email list is very powerful as well. But just kind of think, oh, my podcast can do everything for me. (laughs) And don't get me wrong, there are people who have listened, they've followed me on Instagram, and when they're ready, they'll reach out. So Instagram and your email list could be the same, but there are also people who, let's take a client back in December who messaged me on Instagram. Oh my goodness, just found your podcast. I'm going to binge it. You've really given me there's a kick up the bum that I needed to get started. And two weeks later, she was ready to launch in my VIP day. And she kept messaging me on Instagram and I don't have, I have an email list, but I'm not like consistent. So, you know, slapping my own hand here, but what would have happened if I'd sent her to my email list, especially when I don't email on a regular, consistent basis? So that's just something to think about. It's not a no-no, but just kind of position your podcast. We talked about your marketing and sales assistant. So if it's doing the attraction, the nurturing and the conversion, do you need to send people somewhere else? Maybe not. You might be breaking that chain. So just some food for thought. I love that, you know, thinking of it that way, because I really haven't thought about it that way either. Mm -hmm. And even if you think of just email lists in general, and again, there's different people that enjoy consuming content in different ways. But I can see what you mean, like even going back to what I said earlier, it's that people are getting to hear your voice, like your actual voice through podcasting. Whereas when you're sending out emails, It might not be 100% sounding like you. And even then your name pops up in someone's email all the time. They might not necessarily read it all the time. It may not do any harm because I actually really believe in email lists, but I can see how it can break the chain as well. So I think that that's a really good perspective to share with listeners. And I also think it also has to do with how are you marketing? And a part of the Designer Practice Podcast, it's a show that there are so many ways that you can grow and start a private practice, right? And that's Mm -hmm. why I, I did it. You can design the practice that fits your life. So it goes back into, you don't have to go out and start an email list. You don't necessarily have to do all of these things, but if you already do it, it might be something to incorporate, but it also might not be. And I heard you say that you're not big into emailing. So as a result, it would make complete sense that that is not a part of your marketing strategy per se. Writing is not my friend. That's why I podcast, right? You know, back in school, all my report cards said Rosemary talks too much. (laughs) So again, leaning into your strengths, if you're a bit like me and you're a bit of a chat box, then podcasting is definitely the way to go. Whereas like writing an email or even a social media, writing anything in my business takes a ridiculous amount of time. The overthinker in me goes, ah, 
so podcasting works best but you're right it's not one way or the other but I just wanted to give that perspective and the same way like if you have a couple freebies and you market them in different places they will then sign up for your email list so by then emailing them about your podcast episodes you then get them onto your podcast to become a listener so it swings and roundabouts <laughs> Hundred percent. And that's how I use my email list too. Like every Tuesday an email goes out about the podcast. So it actually brings to the podcast versus always the other way around. But I really yeah. do think that that perspective is a really good food for thought because I can see how it could potentially break the chain as well. So I love that you brought yeah. that up. So from your experience, are there any common mistakes or pitfalls that therapists and coaches fall into when launching or maintaining their podcasts? Yes. So there's about three or four that come to mind immediately. We touched on one before around a lot of people think that they can't make money through podcasting or you do it through sponsors, which requires a ridiculous number of downloads. And then there's like, oh my goodness, how can I get that many download numbers? And ah! so then they don't launch. So I think we've kind of covered that. Like as a coach as a private practice therapist you have your own services your own digital products courses memberships whatever you have so let's start there so then the second kind of mistake or pitfall is people believe well there are some podcast experts out there who I hate the phrase podcasting is a long game I hate I don't even like the word hate (laughs) but that phrase drives me up the wall. You know why? Because I believed it. June 2021, I started my podcast. I didn't have a strategy. I just wanted a way to create content. I wanted every woman on the planet to launch a podcast. And my own podcast was going to help them. I didn't align it with my business, my offers. It was just all, all over the place. And that is because I believed the bigger podcast experts who said it's going to be a long game. You have to wait 12 to 18 months to see any return on your investment, whether that's time, money, effort. And so I didn't think about it strategically until my clients started getting results within 90 days. And then I thought when the first one did, I thought, oh, it's just a fluke. (laughs) And then the second one did, I was like, Oh, there must be something here. And then it was 2022. Yes, Christmas, I caught COVID. And there was only so much Netflix that I could watch. And so I found this podcast about podcasting. And she was able to shift my perspective about podcasting and how with the right messaging, the right positioning, the right strategy, you really could see results sooner. And so as sick as I was, I started devising this strategy in my mind. And then when I was better, I put it down on Google Doc and my next launch client, I kind of practiced it and she got results in the first 30 days. And clients thereafter have proven that to be the case as well. So please, if you are hearing this, podcasting is a long game, I want you to reframe that into podcasting is a long-term strategy for your coaching business slash practice. So that's one that really, really gets me because I feel like business owners or therapists, they will then put it off because 
there's other things that I can see a return on from my time, especially a lot sooner. So I'm going to keep pushing off my podcast, starting my podcast, when actually all you need is the right strategy and you can see results a lot sooner. And I just want to mention, not all results have to be monetary financial. When I work with my clients, it's all about we pick one primary goal, one secondary goal. What does that success look like to them? And then we create a strategy from there. I had a client who wasn't focused on getting leads from a podcast. She just wanted to put out content consistently. So don't just think about if you're not interested in creating a podcast, maybe your private practice is full. What other goals do you want to be a speaker? We could create a podcast that really positions you as an authority that directly leads into your signature talk and brings in those speaker invitations. So we need to think big picture and think long-term strategy rather than long game. Do you want to instantly transcribe your audio and video content? Maybe you've created a digital course and you want a play-by-play of your video lessons to give to your students. Or maybe you're thinking of starting a podcast, but you feel overwhelmed by constantly creating show notes. Or maybe you have a blog post idea in your head, but you just don't have time to type out a full article. Then I think you'll love Descript. Descript is a video and audio recording, editing, and transcribing software. It allows you to record your course, edit your podcast, or transcribe all of your ideas out instantly in one place. Instead of spending hours and hours creating your written content, you can record it and have it transcribed instantly. In Descript, filler words such as like, you know, ums and ahs are all instantly removed with one click. For me, Descript has been a lifesaver when it comes to translating my audio and video content, such as these podcast episodes, into written content so that I can continue to improve my search engine optimization with very little extra work. If you like to save time, check out Descript today by heading to kayladas.com forward slash Descript. That's kayladas.com forward slash D-E-S-C-R-I-P-T. Now back to our episode. And then another one that I would say is focusing too much on the tech. In the nearly three years I've been doing this, it's always, oh, you're going to help me with the tech. Oh, but what mic do I get? Oh, but how do I get my show out? And I'm always like, I'm going to do that for you. (laughs) I need you to not worry about the tech because I really need you to get clear on There's four or five things I need to get clear on first. There's no point going and get a microphone and you're not clear on who you're speaking to, what they need to hear, what their problems are, what promise your podcast will provide. There's no point thinking about all that stuff when you can't answer these questions for me. So that's what I would say. And then in terms of maintaining their podcast, be prepared to adjust and evolve. So there's this quite alarming statistic that 75% of new podcasts, pod fade. So pod fade is another word for like podcast burnout. So they get to episode seven and they just disappear. And that's usually because the person, the host has gone right into launch and underestimated or not thought about 
well, what happens after launch? This isn't like when you're launching a mastermind and you're trying to get people in and then all you have to do to, is to serve them. With a podcast, there's lots of different parts, which are all manageable, but a lot of people don't think about beyond launch. And so the hype dies down from launch and it's almost like, okay, this is what I'm doing week after week. And the novelty wears off. Maybe they don't see the results they were looking for. Maybe they didn't hit a million downloads overnight. Like there's some crazy expectations, but that will be a big thing. If you decide to launch a podcast, think beyond. Something I talk to my clients about is being committed for 12 months. And that's not from a results point of view. It's like anything that we do in our business. We want to give it a good go. And so I think 12 months, that's 52 episodes if you're going to be a weekly show, but you need to have the systems behind you to support you to be that committed and dedicated. I love that. And a few things that I'm thinking about is even my own podcast journey. And Mm. I don't actually know if I mentioned this on the podcast in the past, but when I first started, I had waited Almost a year, actually over a year to start my podcast. I knew that I wanted to call it the designer practice podcast. And I won't lie, it like was in the back of my mind every day. Is someone else going to take this name before I actually (laughs) put it out in the world? And I was procrastinating and procrastinating. And one of the pitfalls that I felt that I was falling in is I thought that it was going to take so much work to set up. And like you mentioned, it is work. There is some expectation that there's some work there. Yes. But in saying that, when I actually started, it actually only took me 45 minutes to set up my podcast. And some people don't believe me. Obviously, Mm -hmm. that's not the recording of an episode, but that's just to get it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Google, set it up in my host, uh, all those types of things. But it did not take me very long. And with that, you talked about maneuvering and something that I do on my podcast is I do do episodes where I do it myself, but I also have guests like you on the podcast because it helps switch it up. It helps get more people into the community. I also love making connections. So to me, this is how I can reach people like you so that we create these long lasting connections because that's a huge part of my values uh, into my business is creating connections. So a part of that is is a part of the values. But the other part is that it helps me between having to make my own content and also having guests on the podcast that help me make content every week. So it's really thinking about maybe even maneuvering as you go by. It's you don't have to make every single episode yourself. It's depending on what you're talking about. Are there experts in the field? Are there people out there who have other podcasts? Are there people out there that you can get on your podcast so you can create these connections? And even as therapists and coaches, having referral networks are huge. So these people can become your referral networks moving forward. And they're going to come front of mind. Like if I have a therapist come to me now and say, I want to start a podcast and I need like a podcast strategist. Do you know who to go to? Guess who I'm going to refer to? Rosemary. (laughs) Because (laughs) now I have that connection. So going back to my own journey, sometimes we think it's going to be a lot more work than it is. And then we do it and we're like, whoa, like how come it took me over a year to start a podcast? It took me 45 minutes to start up. And once I got into the groove, I'm like pre-recording months in advance. And I know I'm kind of a go-getter too. I don't expect everyone to be scheduling their podcast months in advance. But in saying that, it's not that difficult as much as I thought it was going to be. 
Yeah. And I love that you have affirmed, confirmed, there is work. It is work. Having a podcast is work. But, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think a lot of people see a podcast as another thing to do. That's where the procrastination, that's where the, oh my goodness, this is going to be a lot of work. But what I want to say to those of you listening today is that it will replace a lot that you are doing right now. So if you are creating three to five posts for social media, that can come from your podcast. If you're creating a blog once or twice a month, that's your podcast. If it's a weekly email newsletter, that's your podcast. So it really will replace all the content that you're creating. You record that 20, 25 minute episode, transcribe it and pull bits from it that you want for the email, that you want for the social media posts. And then you use that transcript to turn it into an SEO optimized blog post. That is a piece that I don't think a lot of people think about. I think they think, oh, it's something else to do. I certainly felt that way when I started mine. Like, can I really run my own podcast on top of, I was managing podcasts back then as well as launching. Can I really do this? But I hated writing content. And so showing up to the mic and talking for me was a lot easier. So I love that you've made that point. So it is work, but think about how it replaces the content creation slash marketing you're doing now. Plus it's evergreen. As long as you have your podcast on those platforms, people will find it. They will learn about you. They'll reach out to you. And I know, Kaylee, you mentioned this earlier. It's such a great feeling when someone totally random reaches out to you on email or social media and says, oh my goodness, I just found your podcast. Like, it's a very much like a pinch me moment. Whether it's that, and they talk about maybe it's a specific episode and how it impacted them. Like even talking about it now gives me shivers. You just can't get that connection that feedback from other platforms other marketing channels so I love that you mentioned that point agree 100% and I also want to talk about one more pitfall that I've heard um, from other people and actually it happened to me too and this is why I really want to highlight it is that sometimes, especially if you're someone who doesn't like to go live. And when I first started my business, I was doing like live webinars and I just don't like going live. I really don't. I will do it from time to time, but going live is just so anxiety provoking. And even though everyone tells you, try it out, try it out. I did it at least 10 times. And every time I do it, I am exhausted for the rest of the day. It is just not Mm. my mode of marketing. So what I love about podcasting is that you can pre-record, you can edit, it it helps you avoid those jitters, right? Like now Mm -hmm. I know that I have full control, even over this podcast episode, right? If I make a mistake, I have the choice and the ability to either leave in that mistake or cut it out with my software. So it helps at least me realize that I don't have to necessarily go live. Now, if tech is something that's an issue for you, and you actually do love going live, you don't have to do any editing at all. You don't necessarily go live with podcasts, but you don't necessarily have to do as much editing if that is what's comfortable for you. But for me, I know that I always worried about what if I say something that 
Yeah. Doesn't sound right. Whereas now I get a chance to listen to what I have to say. I do try not to edit too, too much because I obviously don't want to be that person either. But in saying (laughs) that, if I say something that I'm just like, you know what, that didn't come out the way that I had hoped, I can just cut it out in the editing process. So it helps me feel more confident when I'm recording these episodes. And I think that listeners who may worry about that can also think about that too. You have complete control over what you put out in the world and when you put it out. Yes, I love that. Thank you for adding that, Kayla. Yes, this is your platform. This is your content. You can't be hacked. You can't be shut down. You can be your authentic self. And that's not a mistake or a pitfall, but it can be a common belief. Even my recent client, I can't remember the exact way she said it, but there was concerns around, can I be myself? And I'm like, yes, absolutely. This is your show. This is your platform. This is where you can be your most authentic self. And what I love about podcasting to add to what you said, Kayla, again, I I hate lives. You know that, especially Instagram, where five people join, then one people, and that number thing just drives me to distraction. But with podcasting, I could sit down in my pajamas, have my cup of tea on the side, and my headscarf on, haven't maybe showered yet, and no one knows nor no one cares because they are here to listen to your expertise. Love it. So if a listener has been inspired by today's episode and they really want to start launching their podcast, maybe they've been thinking about it for a while and we're just like that push that they needed. What are some steps that they can take to get started? So when I work with my clients, a big part of my strategy, I've got like a four phase framework. Phase number one is around building your foundations. Phase two is around content strategy, three systems and four marketing. But in terms of getting started, I would urge you to start with those foundation pieces. So some key questions would be, why do you want to start a podcast? Because in those moments, remember I talked about being committed for 12 months. In those moments when it feels tough, you might not be seeing the results you hoped for, like your business, like your practice, you're going to go back to your why. And your why is what's going to keep you moving forward. It's no different with your podcast, but it also gives you that clarity. So why do you want to start a podcast? Who is your show going to be for? A big hint for this answer would be your ideal listener is your ideal client. So if you're podcasting for business, they are one in the same. So whoever your ideal client is should be your ideal listener. And do not be afraid to niche. As with business, if you speak to everyone, you will end up speaking to no one. I have a client who messaged me, bless her, we're three months after her launch. I manage her podcast for her at the moment. And she messaged me, oh, for a niche podcast, I might not have a lot of download numbers, but they're pretty stable. And I'm getting so much feedback. She was really, really happy. And I was so excited that she had that reflection piece herself because I often speak to business owners who just want to speak to everyone. There's this resistance to niche down. I'm here to say to you, don't be afraid to niche because you can create content that speaks to that person and it helps you 
to stand out against other podcasts in the podcasting space. So let me recap. Why? Who your show is for? What? What is your podcast going to be about? So I tend to suggest as part of the content strategy, sort of three to four pillars. So my podcast is about podcasting, mostly solo episodes because I leverage it to generate leads for my business, but I do bring in some experts. But also my pillars are around launching, managing, growing and monetization. So that means that you're giving your audience a bit of of flavor, a bit of variety. So what are you going to talk about? How are you going to break those topics down? And then finally, when do you want to launch your show? And some might think, well, why is that important? It's important because I've worked with many people who... I'm going to start a podcast. They have all the best intentions. I think this pertains to a lot of people. I know for me, if I don't set a deadline, it's never going to happen. Maybe it's the ex-executive assistant in me. But I know if I don't set a deadline, I need something to work towards. But it's a little bit different with your podcast. You set that launch date. And I'm not saying it has to be, you know, life might happen. You might need to shift it a week or two. But you set that launch date and work backwards. So you kind of know, especially if you're launching yourself, you want to give yourself enough time to research, to create a project plan so that you know what you're doing when. So otherwise, I had a client who I did a strategy session in August last year. We're now 13 months old and I have not seen this podcast. So it is rather important. If you're like ready to go, ready to sit down well, When do I want to launch this podcast? And a huge tip, look at your overall life, life and business. Are there any periods where you're super busy? So if you're a mom, summer holidays are out, (laughs) right? Christmas is out. Maybe Thanksgiving is out. So January is a really good time to launch. Maybe April. You want to give yourself a few weeks, but also consider what's going on in your personal life and your business. So those are the main, there's a few more, but that's a good starting point. So your why, your who, your what, including like subtopics, just jot down all the ideas that come to you. And then finally, when do you plan to launch? I love when I can share free marketing resources that can help you grow your practice. Open Path Psychotherapy Collective is a nonprofit organization that partners with therapists in private practices across Canada and the United States to provide affordable therapy services to clients in lower or middle income families. Open Path provides a professional therapist listing that generates referrals for practices at no cost to therapists who partner with them. You heard me right, absolutely no monthly subscription fees. When you sign up, you agree to provide a sliding scale to clients found from your OpenPath profile, up to $70 per session for individual counseling and up to $80 per session for couples or family counseling. If you're interested in signing up for a free OpenPath professional profile, check out kayladas.com forward slash OpenPath. That's kayladas.com forward slash O-P-E-N-P-A-T-H. Now back to the show. 
I love that. That's really helpful because it really brings back the framework and the foundation that we need to know before we go out and put out a podcast in the world. Because it's easy to say, hey, I'm going to do a podcast, but what am I going to do it on? Am I going to do it on this, on that, on this, on that? So this helps you really focus on what is it that I want to see in my podcast. And going back to the ideal client, it's who you're serving in your uh, coaching or therapy practice is likely going to be aligned with your podcast. So as a result, a lot of the things that you're already talking about with clients are topics you can talk about in your podcast. So I love it. Absolutely. I love that you've mentioned that. That is the best way. I think one, there's something that holds people back from starting and that's this thought of what if I run out of things to say? That's you. I see you. I hear you. But I want to assure you that is never going to (laughs) happen. Never going to happen because you are working with clients and there's things that come up all the time. So if as part of this, what am I going to talk about? Go back to your intake form, go back to your session notes, go back to your Instagram DMs, your emails. Like, What do your potential clients and clients ask you? What are the frequently asked questions? What are the objections? Ah, there's so much. When I started my podcast, I had my first year of episodes all mapped out, all mapped out, which is why I talk about being committed for 12 months. So if you find that helpful to do yourself, go at it. But I promise you, that you will never, you're an expert. You will never run out of things to talk about at all. I also want to give a a little tip here too, is that especially if you launch like different times of year, so maybe you have a program or a service or a group uh, program that you do maybe every September or every February or whenever, you can talk about the same type of things that you did the year before. Obviously, the episode is going to be very different because you're going to record it differently. You're not necessarily going to just replay the one you did last year. But a lot of the content can be very much the same because you're going to have different listeners. And the truth is, is people who listened to your podcast last year aren't going to remember every little thing that you talked about the year before. So talking about that same content and bringing it up again is okay. And I do it in my podcast and I plan to continue to do it because you're always having new people. And especially as you build up your podcast, because this episode is episode 49. So almost a year, so I almost made the year. Mm. And you think in 49 episodes, a lot of those things might've been new content and like different topics, but some of them from what I did in March might be very similar to what I did in December right? It's okay. And people have the choice. If they're like, oh, I know all about this, then they just won't listen to that episode. And that's fine, because you'll have a new episode next week. So don't worry about I'm repeating myself. And actually being able to repeat yourself is a good thing, especially if you're selling a program. Chances are people need to hear that more than once. Thousand percent agree. So you have a service that helps therapists and coaches get their podcasts out in the world. Can you tell us a little bit about this program and what listeners can expect if they sign up? Yes, of course. So I have a VIP day called Amplify and I work with coaches and therapists to launch their podcasts in one day. I know you might be thinking, how on earth, Rosemary? (laughs) 
But as I mentioned before, I was launching podcasts for about two years and then I switched to VIP days at the start of 2023. And I have my system down to a T. So it starts off with a podcast strategy call two weeks before the VIP day. You have lots of resources. You have access to me 24-5 where you can ask me questions. But after your strategy call, you go away you record, I work with you on your scripts, you work with my graphic designer on your cover art and your graphics, etc. It's a very tidy, comprehensive program. And then on your VIP day, yay, we, my team and I will work on your show notes, edit your intro, your outro, your trailer, your first three episodes. I recommend launching with three episodes for that bingeability factor that we talked about earlier. And your trailer could be live as soon as the day after your VIP day. So this program really is for the woman, the coach, the therapist who has, I joke about this a lot, but who really has that midnight moment. All of my clients have it. Similar to yourself, Kayla, they have wanted to launch a podcast for over a year. It's usually two, three years is usually the average. And then they just have this midnight moment. Like now is the time and they reach out to me. And my belief is, why should you wait? Why should you wait six weeks, two months? Some people even offer three month launch packages why should you wait that long to share your voice, share your message and start leveraging podcasting to support the growth of your business? Now, I really need to make it clear that no stone is left unturned. We'll do the strategy together. There's so much information for you to really craft a podcast that helps you to generate leads, whatever your goals and you can start to see results within the first 30 days. So that's a little bit about Amplify. I love it. It sounds like a podcast in a package. <laughs> yes. Oh, I might love steal it. that phrase. <laughs> do, please do. So to sign up for Rosemary's podcast launch VIP day, check out kaladas.com forward slash Rosemary calendar VIP. That's kaladas.com forward slash R-O-S-E-M-A-R-I-E-C-A-L-L-E-N-D-E-R-V-I-P. Or you can simply scroll down to the show notes and click on the link. Rosemary, thank you so much for joining us today and providing these insights, tips, tricks, and steps to help therapists and coaches to be able to get started in setting up their podcast. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. And I hope all your listeners have taken away at least one golden nugget to help them get started on their podcasting journey. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into today's episode. And I hope you join me again soon on the Designer Practice Podcast. Until next time, bye for now.
Please be advised that the podcast advertisements and links in this episode may be affiliate and or sponsor links where Evaspare Inc. and the Designer Practice Podcast receive compensation for sales or signups made through link clicks. This helps the Designer Practice Podcast continue to provide free and valuable content to you each week. Thank you and we appreciate your support.